Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center broadcasting live from sunny, warm Santa Monica, and as you can tell, I am somewhat afflicted with a cold, but hopefully it is not contagious. So um, please be seated. We have a great show for you today, and uh, a while back, we were privileged to have uh, a great reporter from then with the San Francisco Chronicle, um, Kristen Brown, and um, we talked about the, um, the Ellen Powell trial and all that had been going on there. And um, Ellen um, and Kristen, um, Kristen B. Brown is joining us again. Um, now she is with Fusion, which is a, an online magazine we've been very excited about. We've had a number of their um, columnists on, and so we're, we're thrilled to have her back. Um, Kristen, are you with us? Yes. Thanks so much for having me this morning. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And um, so you're... You jump from the Chronicle to Fusion, and is Fusion based in Oakland? No, we're actually so we're owned by Univision, and our headquarters is officially Miami, where Univision is headquartered. But we have a very large office in New York and a small office in Oakland and also Los Angeles. So you're you're the Bay, you're part of the Bay Area branch in yes. Oakland, and um, so um, and. Imagine you are you guys dealing with the heat wave too that that seems to be afflicting Southern California. It is quite hot here. It's not as bad as LA, but you know, Bay Area people are such weather wimps. When it's eighty five, we we walk around sweating and complaining about the weather. So not as bad as you guys have it down there. Yeah, we've we've had it. It's close to in, in, the, in the valley. It's in the hundreds, and um, that's. You know, something that happens occasionally, but it's just very early in the year for this to happen. But in any event, we we will um, carry on. And of course, since this show deals with technology, um, the the hero, technological hero of this week, seems to be Mister Carrier, who invented the air conditioner, and uh, we were all thankful to him today. Now, you've written a, a number of posts uh, dealing with some of the social trends and. and um, social media and and some of the maladies that seem to occur, and one of them um, deal with number of them deal with trolling. Um, you did a story on the internet's biggest troll, um, tech enables cyber stalking, um, internet addiction camp, um, and but one thing you did that thought was very interesting is you actually did a history of trolling. Um, why don't you, what's the, what's the fascination with trolls? Well, you know, I, I think that my fascination with trolls came initially just from, from like many writers and of course other people on the internet 
being trolled myself, I write about a couple of topics that are, let's say, controversial. Um, Gamergate is one of them. I wrote a story about abortion that was that was quite controversial, and that attracts a certain level of what's what's been uh, come to be called trolling on the internet. And you know, at first, of course, it feels awful to have people saying mean things to you on the internet, but. I'm the type of person that when something like that happens, the way I deal with it is I, I research it. I want to know the the why, the how. And what I started finding was was that trolls are actually one of the most interesting evolutions of, of the internet to me because, you know, they came out of these old message boards. Um, and back then, it would be people who were sort of uh, – throwing shade at other people on the message boards, but it's, it's become this catch-all term for anybody who does something nefarious online. And it could be jokey, right? Right. People talk about Farhad Manju at the New York Times being a troll because it seems like his story is trying to get under our skin. It also could be very, very mean things. And what I think is so interesting about this is I think that the, the, the troll is this, it's, um, we often think about trolls, the stereotype being these guys on 8chan or 4chan. And I use the word guys purposely because I think that's what the stereotype is. Right. Who are just, you know, sitting in their internet, ba- in their basements online, just trying to mess with people for fun. But I actually think that that you find that the people who are, quote, trolling online are a much wider subset of people. And I think it's it's this thing that the internet has done where sometimes we get carried our way with ourselves and our online behaviors become so divorced from the way that we would behave in the real world, in real conversation with people. And I and, and that's sort of what fascinates me about trolling is, is it represents um, just how communication mediated through the internet affects how we communicate in such a profound way that the way we conduct ourselves is just completely changed. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how anonymity is tied to that, but sometimes trolls aren't even trolling you anonymously, right? So I, I think that is the root of my fascination with trolls. Because it just represents this, this whole thing about the impact of the internet on our own psychology and on social culture. Now, for... Um... For the uninitiated, how would you describe a troll? What is it? This is such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> it really is. It really is. No, I agree. Because <laughs> is to characterize it, and um, I agree. Yeah. So, so like I said, initially, um, when trolls popped up in the old internet forums, like Usenet and BBS, a troll was somebody who was who was throwing shade. Um, but now I think it's it has evolved, and we use the term very, very loosely to to mean anybody who is um, doing doing something nefarious online. But that but that act could be kind of just being a prankster, or it could be somebody who is actually you know harassing someone. And so I do think that if we're gonna get our uh, if, if we're going to get trolling online under your control, and I think that this is something that that many, many people, including social networks like Twitter, want, I think that we do have to be more careful about how we use that word. Um, there's one very interesting academic who has basically called for us to quit using the word troll 
because she thinks that it, it, it somehow minimizes the the feeling that people have when they talk about uh, harassment. So, for example, if somebody, sorry, who is that? Um, her name is oh gosh, I can't remember right now. Let me see if I if I can find it. Um, she wrote a very interesting book about trolls. Um, I'll I'll look for her and I'll I'll okay. bring it back up if is I it find Daniel Citron or no 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 no. no. Oh, okay. uh, she's she's an academic um, okay. who studies uh, internet behavior. Um, anyways, so 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 she thinks that that if you if somebody harasses someone and you say they trolled you then you're minimizing that behavior. And so she advocates instead for us talking about the the act itself. You know, say they said racist, sexist things to me on Twitter instead of saying they trolled me on Twitter. I actually kind of, my feeling is that it's kind of the opposite. I think that if the word troll has become a very negative word, and when I hear the word troll, I assume that it deals with harassment instead of right. that it deals with jokey behavior. I don't know. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, I I I get trolled as a lot as well, and and when I see the word used by others, and when I use it, it's 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 a pejorative term. Right, right. I I agree that it has. Oh, so her name is um, Whitney Phillips. She's okay. at Mercer University. Okay, and I'm sure she's gotten thousands of emails about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But but so so I do think though that we have to be more careful in how we use the word troll and and I agree with Phillips that we need to to also define the behaviors so maybe maybe be more specific instead of saying somebody trolled you say they trolled me by spewing racist sexist comments right. on Twitter because because I, I I do think that the word means has come to mean so many different things to so many different people that you can't just say troll and necessarily convey what you mean to convey. Sure. Or maybe, is it fair to say that depending on the topic, you can kind of guess the, um, the type of activity of the troll? For example, a, a Bernie bot versus a um, Gamergate um, troll I don't know. I mean, some of some of the the Bernie commentators have been have been pretty vicious. So I don't know that you can make those those assumptions. I mean, there's vicious there's vicious people when it comes to talking about any 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 subject matter or or in any subset of the internet that they, they exist, right? Right. And just just uh, like the the troll is a fact of every facet of of the internet but i do think that we do ourselves a service by by reaching to to better define what we may mean when we say trolling when we talk about it so in in terms of the history it came out of these these usenet groups and then, and how did it evolve to the state it is now right well i think i think the troll has become somewhat of a um a self-fulfilling pop, a uh, uh, self-fulfilling thing. Like you had people on Usenet identifying as trolls, and it started to evolve. And then it, it you you would call somebody a troll for being quarrelsome, but then it, it became cool to be a troll. So people started identifying as trolls, 
And and we started talking about trolls as the jokesters of the internet, which is kind right. of thing. Like who doesn't who doesn't want to do that? You get some sort of um, gravitas, right, for exactly. being a troll. Um, and then when 4chan and the anonymous collective started uh, describing themselves as trolls, I think that we began to see the evolution of it into meaning behavior that was really truly outrageous and offensive um and then it began to spill into the rest of the real world right like uh back in 2010 there was a really uh pivotal instance of trolling when 4chan users piled onto this 11 year old girl in florida and uh just circulated her real name and phone number and address online after she got involved in what was just an internet squabble so this was this 11 year old girl that these these fortune users were distributing her information into the open internet just for kicks, basically. Um, and then they they prank called her. They spammed her Facebook and MySpace. They had pizzas delivered to her. And then um, uh, they posted um, something on what what was called Encyclopedia Dramatica, explaining how to troll her. And it included things like tell her to kill herself and tell her dad that we're going to beat her up. I mean, these were like, this was the beginning of thinking of trolling as something truly vicious. Like it it was just a prank and the prank evolved to this thing where they were advocating for telling an 11 year old girl to kill herself. And I think from, from there it, it really just took on this definition of meaning something uh, having to do with real harassment, not just joking on the internet. Now you you have written in in your research, or you've uncovered at least the you categorize trolls into certain groups. You know, angry troll, joker troll, just plain mean troll, and scary violent troll. Um, uh, do you want to care to talk about that? Yeah. So so I think categorizing trolls is is useful. Not because the definitions necessarily always fit the trolling behavior exactly, but because if we're talking about how to deal with them, we need to there there are different ways to deal with people who are trolling in different ways, right? Since trolling has become this expansive thing, obviously you want to deal with somebody who's actually threatening your life differently than you want to deal with somebody who's just kind of pulling your leg a little bit on Twitter. Right. Um, so Jonathan Bishop, who's a researcher in the UK, he actually has more um, types of trolls than, than I do. He has eight, I think. But but he he was he, his work is really a work of academic scholarship, really trying to define them. And I was just interested in trying to come up with with ways we can think about them, easy sort of uh, mental shortcuts to deal sure. with. Sure. So um, plus the I'm, UK's metric, and so the numbers differ. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, so, so my methodology was based on my own experience after writing about abortion and GamerGate and how I deal with trolls. So, I had this kind of, or I, I still do have it, um, like a rule that I respond to every single troll. And there was there was a certain point uh, after I wrote about abortion where it did get a little crazy because I was just getting trolled so much that it would take me. Like, three hours of the work day is to respond to all the troll commentary. Um, but I do think it's important. And so, so I came up with these categories. From and it's important. Team. Why? It's important to show that you, you're not backing down. It's important to show you won't be bullied. When, well, why did you make that decision? 
Right. Well, I think that it's important for different reasons, depending on the troll. But the reason I started doing it, um, I think was at first curiosity. Like I, I just wanted to try and understand why these people were saying these things to me on the internet. But what I found was that then I would interact with some of them and they would wind up being fairly reasonable people and we would just have a, a, you know, a polite, still contentious, but polite conversation about whatever they were upset about. And especially as a writer, I recognize that I am, you know, writing things that sometimes get under people's skin, right? If I write sure. a, a story about Milo Yiannopoulos, um, that, that story who's, who was one of the instigators of Gamergate, you know, who really, who really blew it up. He's a conservative commentator for Breitbart. People didn't like that story, and I understand that people had an emotional reaction to it. And I think, kind of as a as a as a writer, I have have a responsibility to hear how people respond to my stories. So, so that's part of it for me. But I also think that 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 sometimes people are just reacting emotionally, and it's so easy to just type out an angry message on Twitter, right? And, and you can't really take it back once it's out there. I mean, you can delete it, but. Uh, if the person already saw it, then the damage is still done, right? Right. So, so I think that people tap out these me- messages, and then when you start engaging with them and you know showing that you're willing to hear their point of view, sometimes sometimes it does just turn into a pleasant conversation. I had one woman who was really upset about the profile I wrote of Milo, and just saying very very hateful things to me on the internet. And then you know I told her she could call me. And we wound up just emailing back and forth on having a really polite conversation. And now she and I have a, a Twitter relationship that's actually a good relationship where, you know, she retweets my stories and, like, she comments on other stuff. And I was able to de-escalate that situation just by listening to her. I, and I, I'll i be clear that I, I'm not saying that's true for, for every troll. But the optimist in me just wants to try and so that's why I try and engage with with all of the people who troll me on the internet because I think that a certain number of them, you know, hiding under their their Twitter troll exterior is a reasonable person that you can have a conversation with and that if you can de-escalate that situation that's actually doing a great service to to um to the fight against trolling. If you can turn the troll into somebody who's not a troll, that's great. Um, so, so I came up with these categories for myself to help me figure out a uh, shorthand for the best way to respond to trolls. So should I tell you what the, the categories are? Actually, we're going to use that as a teaser because we're taking a short commercial break. Okay. Um, so when we come back, um, the great troll slayer, Chris Brown, <laughs> will we'll give you her categories after these messages. You're listening to Cranberry Radio. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. 
Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. Welcome back. This is Bennett Kelly from Broadcasting from the Internet Law Center. Um, we're talking to Kirstie Brown on um, trolls, and she's about to give us her exclusive, um, her own proprietary list of the kinds of trolls there are. Oh my gosh, you've really you've built this up a lot. Uh, <laughs> I feel the pressure to deliver now. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I was as I was saying before. Um, I have come up with these four types of trolls as a sort of guide for myself and hopefully also useful to other people when dealing with trolls online. So the first troll is my favorite kind of troll. This is the troll that keeps me responding to all of the trolls online. I call it the angry troll. Um, So the angry troll you can think of as like it's, it's the mom who is really anti-GMOs and, you know, she's writing nasty things to the, the GMO scientists on Twitter. Um, or, you know, it's, it's just a regular person who does not necessarily think of themselves as a troll probably, but they're legitimately really upset about something. So in my case, usually really upset about something I wrote. And they they need to get it out, right? They're expressing themselves, and um, they chose to do it in a, let's say, less than polite way. Okay. So, so this troll, I like to um, try and move the conversation offline because a lot of the times it seems like what they're really after is just having their point of view heard. So if you can get them on the phone or over email I think a lot of times you can de-escalate the conversation to be a productive conversation about what they're upset about, about an exchange of ideas rather than just somebody spewing hateful things on the, the internet. So this is, this is the troll that keeps me responding to all the trolls because they're the troll that I think you have most like most, most likelihood of converting from being a troll to being a Twitter buddy. So, so- this is, a great that, troll. That, that group, what percentage of the total are they? I mean, I think it depends on who you are. I think for me, 
the people that troll me are usually people upset about my stories. So I would say it's probably half half of them for me. But again, I think it depends on why people are, are trolling you. And I have no idea what percentage of internet trolls they make up. And, but and, I, would, and, I would expect it's a lot. And, and of that group, when you respond, I mean, how many of them really just want to, they just want to do a one-way, you know, screw you type of conversation? How many of them are actually um, respond to your response? A, a lot of them respond. Like I said, this is the thing that has kept me responding to all my trolls because I have had great success. And sometimes they don't end up wanting to talk. Sometimes it just ends up being like, no, uh, thanks so much for offering to to talk to me. And then you don't hear from them anymore. And sometimes they do actually want to talk. But I think a lot of times by just you know acknowledging their pain uh, or what they're upset about, you can make this troll go away or at least go silent. So, and, and I think that this is true of any, any troll dealings online, but especially of, of this subsection, I think that it is really in, important to always respond politely, you know, uh, let yourself cool down. Don't make the same mistake they did and fire right. off something angrily. Let yourself cool down before responding to them. Um, and, and really just give uh, this, the angry troll a chance to be heard. And I have had personally great, great success. And like I said, it, it has uh, turned a lot of my trolls into just, just Twitter buddies or, or email buddies. Or there's one guy who just, you know, was, was a troll that now just emails me links to, to stories all the time. So I think that, that this troll is the one that there is the greatest chance of, of converting a uh, high conversion rate troll is the angry troll. Um, so uh, should, I, should I go on? To the yeah, next let's one? go to the next one. Okay. So the next troll is the Joker troll, also known as the, the old school troll. You know, he's, he's, he's doing what trolls have been doing since uh, Usenet and the BBS message boards. He is just looking to uh, pull a prank. And so this, the, the, a really good example of this is the delete your account meme, right? Of course, the best example of this is when Hillary Clinton exactly. tweeted at Trump, delete your account. So that is definitely a trolly behavior, but it's, it's the classic definition of trolling. So if you are on the end of that, the best way to do it is just graciously accept that you have been had. And make fun of yourself too, or ignore it if you want. This troll is not dangerous. You know, I think that Trump ignored Hillary's delete your account tweet, but I think he could have uh, handled it equally well by coming back with a zinger of his own if he had had chosen to. So um, uh, I think that that's a really, really good response to this troll. So the Joker troll is the least threatening least worrisome troll. So the key is just admit that you stepped on it. Usually there's a typo that makes your, um, creates a double entendre or makes a funny statement and you didn't realize it and they call you on it. Right, right, exactly. So, and I mean, maybe you didn't even make a mistake, but I do think the best way to handle it is just, you know, join in on the fun, right? It's the classic, if you can't beat them, join them approach right. to the Joker troll. So um, the Joker troll is the troll that we hope keeps on trolling because he makes the internet an interesting place. And so, then some of the, the visual images of trolls are, are that of the Joker troll. 
Yes. Yeah. I think, I think that for a lot of people, the Joker troll is who they think of as, as a troll because it is the sort of original, uh, definition of how we talked about trolling. All right. So the next one is not so nice. No, this one, this one is, is the most distressing troll, the just plain mean troll. And like this one harkens back to, um, like anonymous is trolling, uh, and 4chan and 8chan message boards. These are people who are trolling because they think it's fun to be mean. I think of it also in my head, I call it the Regina George troll. Uh, so Regina George from, from mean girls, you know, okay. she just, she just liked to be mean to people cause she kind of got a high out of it. Right. Um, so I think for this troll, the best thing you can do is actually fight back because if they're getting a rise out of it, then there's no reason that they're going to stop unless you can take them down a peg. So, I mean, depending on who you are and how thick your skin is, you may want to proceed with caution here. But I like I like to troll them back. So um, how do you do it? Well, uh, it depends. A lot of times I just use sarcasm. Like, for example, um, when I wrote this story about abortion, a lot of people were um, – they were tweeting at me and sending me emails that were, you know, uh, just like assaults on my character. And so I would tweet back like, like, wow, that's so nice of you. Or, you know, things that were ob- statements that were obviously facetious. So showing that they're not getting under your skin. Because if this troll is trying to get a rise out of you for fun and they're not getting a rise out of you. You're kind of getting rid of their incentive to keep trolling you. And maybe they won't stop as soon as you would like, but I do think it's, it's the best chance of getting them to leave you alone. Um, I also think that this troll is, is interested in having a fair fight. Like they find trolling to be intellectually stimulating. So if you can turn it into uh, a trolling duel, then, then you're sort of turning it into a two-player game from a one-player game, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I had a similar s- circumstance. I wrote an article uh, dealing with the, conf- um, the Confederate battle flag, and uh, I got um, trolled by... A, a, it wasn't even online. It was in a local newspaper here in, in Santa Monica. I started getting bombarded with emails from uh, uh, members of a white supremacist Yahoo group. And mm-hmm. um, once I realized what was going on, I, I replied to one of the, the leader of them saying, sorry, I didn't mean to ruffle your nice white sheets. But uh, <laughs> That's good. I like that. But, and then, yeah, but I, I was able to figure out I was being trolled because I was getting the same statement in emails from multiple people. Mm-hmm. And it was always some quote about Lincoln about African-Americans that always omitted the very next phrase that qualified the point that they were emphasizing. And I thought, okay, something's up here. And then I was just able to Google, you know, Google them and see the connection. Um, But the most troubling one was I got a a letter from a guy, an email from a guy who was serving in Iraq. His name was Lucky. And he said he would rather be buried in the stars and bars than the, the American flag. And I said, you know, Lucky, you're serving in Iraq. I'm not going to get into it with you. I just hope your name serves you well. Um, so it was just kind of a memorable exchange. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I do think that a lot of times, so, so, I mean, did you hear back from that guy? Did he write you back? He said, he said, thanks for the wishes. So, yeah. Right. Okay. But so, so he might have been really the first kind of troll. Um, like he was upset about something. Right. Um, they were more the angry. Yeah. Right. And so, and so by you just acknowledging him and responding, you deescalated that situation. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and it is true that sometimes because, uh, the just plain mean troll or the Regina George troll, if you will, uh, has fun, has fun with this. They, they won't stop. So I think that if it keeps going, sometimes it's good to point out that they're wrong, you know, uh, especially if it's factual, right? because then you can really just take them down a peg. If they're, if they're just saying something, uh, that that is irrelevant or nonsensical and you can say no here are the facts i mean nobody likes to be shamed in public and told they're wrong so i mean for example i had one troller who uh when i wrote this abortion story they were like trying to show i was wrong by tweeting these studies at me and these studies were from 1985 and they were all since then, thoroughly debunked, and I just tweeted that at them. That's from 1985. Here's a study that shows it's wrong, uh, and then they stopped stopped tweeting at me. So I think that's your your sort of last resort from for this troll is is to just you know call them out on their BS. And I imagine Snopes would be an invaluable resource for that. Yes, yeah, I think I think that is that is true, and also I mean. Like, if you really want to get under the skin and troll back uh, the Regina George troll, I think that it, it does, you know, it does you well to do your, your research. Your research, yeah. Because you are dealing with smart people who are having fun and investing energy into doing this, right? Like, this is a hobby for the just plain mean troll. So you kind of have to give it care in your response, which sounds kind of crazy that you would spend time trying to duel uh somebody who's trolling you on the internet but again i really do think it is important to engage with these in these people because the other thing is i think that i think that because you know this is communication mediated through the screen it can be so easy to to forget that you're dealing with real people i mean we know it intellectually right but it, it's just like how you sometimes, you know, to your significant other might type something via text message that's kind of snippy that you would never say right. to, the, to their face, right? We do, we do that all the time. Uh, you, you take a tone via text message that you would never take in real life. And um, I think part of that is just when, when you're not looking at somebody's face or hearing their voice, it can be, it can be hard to, you know, really remember um, – that they are human, right? You know it, but you don't really know it. So I think that that responding also just reminds these people that, like, oh my gosh, I actually said that mean thing to a real person. I really honestly believe that sometimes people just for, forget that, you know, you're not just a Twitter handle in the void, that you're real. So I think that that is the other benefit of spending spending time responding to I, I agree with I agree with that. I had a website that was a political website that, you know, got a lot of people angry and and so I got a lot of hate mail. And I made a point of trying to respond civilly, except once um, I just got the phone call. My mom was dying and I had to fly fly back east. And the guy just, 
he sent me an email with a personal attack, and that was the one guy I unloaded on. But yeah, you know, for the most part, um, I, I, I agreed. Responding civilly was very important, but I got to tell you, it was satisfying to unload, to unload on that one guy. Um, so the, the last of the, the troll categories, the, the, the conclusion of the tour de force of trolldom, is uh, the scary violent troll. Tell me about him. Oh man, the scary violent troll is the troll that even like kind of freaks me out to be honest. I mean, this is this is the troll that um you know wants to dig up a person's name and phone number and spread it across the internet that that threatens to, you know, come and rape them or murder them. And and you see this. I mean, this is a kind of trolling that women and people of color in particular experience on the internet a lot. Um and it and it is very scary because like when you're on the other end of that, you have no idea how empty that thread is. I mean, you kind of make the assumption that it's empty, but in the back of your mind, there's always the question of, well, is this actually, you know, a mentally unstable psychopath and he really does have my address and wants to come kill me. I mean, it can be terrifying to be on the other end of this kind of trolling. But I do think that it is important to maintain agency and control in these situations. And so I still think that you should respond, but I do think that there's usually not, um, you can't get the upper hand with this troll. Usually they're just mean and scary. Um, so I think that... Do you, you report to law enforcement? Well, I think it depends on the nature of the threat. I think that if they're breaking the law, so for example, like a, like um, a threat of rape or murder, you should report that to law enforcement. And unfortunately... You know, we're still in a time where often, depending on where you are, the uh, the the law is either not good enough or the law enforcement uh, that would respond doesn't have a very clear understanding of the law and they right. sort of roll their eyes at it. But I do think that if somebody does something illegal, right, they make direct violent threats, which is illegal, uh, that you do need to report them. And, you know, maybe, maybe not. They'll be able to track their, their IP address and find them. But... Um, yeah, you should definitely respond politely, then leave it be and contact, uh, law enforcement if they are, are breaking the law and making direct violent threats at you. Um, and I mean, also, of course, like if, if you're the recipient of these, these threats, I think it's important to also like publicly advocate that we take, take these kinds of violent threats, um, on the internet as seriously as other kinds of violent threats, because it is this sort of weird anomaly right now where somebody you don't know tweets scary violent things at you the law doesn't take it very seriously but if somebody calls you on the phone or writes you a letter we do take it seriously there's this weird disconnect that i think it's important for us to resolve in the near term uh but definitely this troll is is the the baddest one out there that's it. We're going to talk about that issue in a minute. Um, but first, we take get a word in for our sponsors. Um, you're listening to Cyberlaw and Business Report only on Cranberry Radio. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste twenty five percent of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. 
Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. And we're back and um, we're talking about trolls and online harassment and... um, Kristen Brown, she made an important point. She talked about how often um, law enforcement does not pay attention to online threats. And um, just um, last year, um, 2015, um, Congresswoman Catherine Clark of Massachusetts um, actually attached a rider to the Justice Department budget um, because they had failed to respond to a lot of the threatening um, death threats that have been made to Gamergate participants and um, urge them to take take these threats more seriously and to report to Congress in the future on the status of its efforts in online harassment. So it's an important thing. And if you do get a threat, um, take it seriously. Um, There's a website called ic3.gov. That's indigocat, the number 3.gov. And um, you, you can report um, internet crimes on that site. There's a form there to fill out, and uh, you know, I've had experience with it where things you can get a reply within, you know, as much as short as a day. So um, this is very serious. So, Kristen, um, in your experience, have, have you had to report any threats? I have not personally reported any any threats to law enforcement. Um, I, so Catherine Clark, actually, I think that she got so involved in in these issues because she herself was doxxed, right? She had um, helicopters and stuff show up at your at her house after people reported uh, and, and doxing, of course, um, for for those who aren't familiar with the terminology, is when uh, well, people either distribute your um, your documents online or uh, your your information online, or in this case, somebody uh, called the police with her address and said that there was there was some sort of um, like a shootout or something going on in her house. Right. Swat- yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm referring to swatting. She got swatted. Swatted. Yeah. 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 And um, 
and and then then she i think became the uh, the member of congress to start taking these issues most seriously because she experienced it herself but it is kind of telling that she had to experience it herself in order to take this seriously because i think that sometimes people don't don't realize that these online behaviors have serious offline consequences right and, and Brianna Wu was a was is a constituent of hers Yes. And Brianna Wu is the um, one of the the lead Gamergate um, targets, right? And it was interesting um, at South by Southwest this year. Actually, um, Congresswoman Clark was on a panel with I think it was the chief of police of her local police force, and I have never heard uh, a police officer talk so seriously about online harassment. But you know, having to deal with handling the safety of a congresswoman. Uh, in his his own precinct, it made him r- start advocating, you know, w- among other police forces to also take this seriously. And and twenty, I mean, it's hard to tell what what will happen in your case, but twenty five percent of online harassment goes into the offline space, and so you know, in, in the real you know space, um, for lack of a better term. And, you know, you've seen consequences in your reporting on harassment. Um, for example, the, uh, the scientists who have withdrawn you know, from certain controversial areas because they're tired of being harassed by um, trolls. Yeah, so the scientist Kevin Fulta, who um, is a, uh, a scientist who, who he, his own research has to deal with, with strawberries, but he also is in the public sphere very often speaking out about how um, GMOs are safe, right? How that there is nothing right. that, that we know of. There is nothing that science has shown that says that eating genetically modified foods is bad. Uh, and this is a belief actually um, held by more scientists than, uh, than scientists believe that, that global warming is real. And of course we know that the vast majority, what is it, like 99% of scientists believe Global warming is real, so even right. a higher percentage than that believes that GMOs are safe. Um, but <clears throat> that's another another point where there's a big disconnect um, between public conception of the science and you know scientists' understanding of the science. And so he speaks out to try and correct the record. And whether whether or not you believe he is correct um, or he did, so there was an, an issue where um, he did take some money from Monsanto. Um, it's it's sort of debatable whether it was ethical or not. It was tech. It was the sort of situation where it was technically ethical, but you know something that you raise your eyebrow at a little bit. But he got harassed so much by all of these anti-GMO people that he decided to to um, you know stop doing his work in the public sphere, advocating people on you know what is the reality versus what is what is mythology. Uh, which was really sad, but he's actually luckily recently come back to the public sphere. But yeah, I mean, his workplace was getting calls, his wife was getting threats, and he had to make a decision that for his safety and his safety of his family and his coworkers, he had to stop doing his job, basically. So there can be very, very severe real-world consequences to online harassment. And then just recently, New York Times, well, Deputy Washington Editor John Weissman said he's... um, Withdrawing from Twitter, right? Despite, despite having some thirty-four thousand followers, he said he was just tired of the the um, trolls and anti-Semitic tweets and the the Bernie bots and 
like he said he's leaving it he had some quote um basically i'm leaving twitter to the the anti-semites and the trolls and bernie bots right i mean and this is like that's just sad right because on one hand you don't want to see someone like him or like kevin fulta given to the trolls. But on the other hand, you can't really blame somebody for not wanting to log into Twitter and have their mentions be a stream of hate, right? Like nobody right. wants to deal with that. One person can only take so much of it. Uh, everybody has their threshold that they hit. So I think that, that the law is an important point there, but we also need to get to a point um, where we stop a lot of these things before they escalate to that point. And, uh, you know, that really has to do with what social networks like Twitter and like Facebook, figuring out ways to not just have good anti-harassment policies, but actually enforce them. And, you know, Twitter, I know over the past uh, couple of years has been working very hardly to at least convince us that they take harassment seriously, if not actually taking it seriously. You know, they banned revenge porn, which was a really big deal. And they were one of the first, uh, social networks to do that. And then they, in, they issued all these new anti-harassment tools and rules. And then most recently they established this trust and safety council, um, made up of people like Brianna Wu to, to advise Twitter on, on how to handle these situations. And they have even taken the step of beginning to de-verify very high profile users like Milo Yiannopoulos, the Breitbart commentator, who they view as abusive. But the problem with this, um, that is that is the same problem that we've we've seen on on Instagram and Facebook, is that very often the people reviewing the behavior that is considered abusive um, or or a violation of community standards, right? We see it go the other way where um, these these report tools can be used to, to censor people, right? Like we've seen with uh, mothers uh, who are breastfeeding that get all their images censored because somebody right. reports them and the person reviewing it like isn't informed enough of how to apply the standards that the company has come up with, right? So anybody who has ever reported an abusive tweet probably knows that Twitter is not very consistent in, in dealing with these kinds of abusive behaviors, right? You can report one thing that doesn't seem that bad. Um, they block the person or make them take it down. And then you can report something crazy. Like I reported somebody who was saying that um, I should die. And Twitter wrote me back and said that they could not determine a clear violation of Twitter rules. But then which, they, their position changed after you reported that? Yeah. They wrote about it? Yeah, their position changed after I, I wrote about it because it obviously was a violation of their rules. Just right. the person who was reviewing it didn't understand how to interpret those rules, right? It would be like if we had judges in our court system who weren't very familiar with the law making decisions about, you know, how to enact how to, how to apply the law. So like in Stanford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly, like in Stanford. Uh <laughs> Yeah, all of Twitter is like the Stanford case. Uh, so, so that I think is the thing that most urgently needs to be rectified because, you know, perhaps, and again, maybe this is the optimist in me, perhaps if, if Twitter had, had better rules, if Twitter could more proactively deal with these situations, 
they would never get to the point where you had to report them to the police and find out that the police don't take these issues as seriously as they should. So, um, and, and it's, it's hard because Twitter's obviously feeling the pressure, right? That's why they keep coming out with all of these new ways to deal with right. harassment. It's why, you know, uh, Dick Costello, when he was CEO, he said, he said it, we suck at dealing with abuse and trolls. But they haven't figured out how to apply it in a practical way. And this is like really standing in the way of stopping a lot of the harassment um, troubles. And I'm, I'm picking on Twitter here, but I do think it, it extends to, to all of the social networks. Uh, and it doesn't, sure. just, it doesn't just have to do with harassment. All of the stand, their community standards, they have not uh, figured out a way to, to then interpret the standards in a way that is consistent and sensical. We, we only have a little over a minute left. Um, Kristen, I, I want to thank you very much for coming on again. And if, if people want to learn more about you, your work with Fusion, where should they go? Um, well, they can go to fusion.net and uh, search for me on there. Or they can they can follow me on Twitter. I'm Kristen V. Brown. It's my Twitter handle. And um, what, are you, what, what are you working on next? Oh, gosh. What am I working on next? So there is so much exciting stuff going on right now with the gene editing technique CRISPR. Uh, yesterday, the NIH just approved the first CRISPR trial uh, in humans. So I, I'm, I'm focusing a lot right now on uh, genetic engineering and public um, policy. Well, thank you. For, thank you again. I'm Kristen V. Brown, the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the troll whisperer, as you will. Um, thank you for an enjoyable and enlightening discussion on trolls, and uh, we hope you'll have you back. Um, definitely follow her on Fusion. It's a great publication. They're doing great work, and she's been doing lots of interesting stuff, so follow her. Um, this is Ben and Kelly of the Internet Law Center. Check us out, internetlawcenter.net, and then follow us here next week. Um, we'll be here on um, Cyberlaw and Business Report. Check our webs- uh, our blog, cyberlawradio.wordpress.com for background information on today and other shows and follow us on Twitter at Cyberlaw Radio. Um, so, quarters adjourned. This is Bennett Kelly saying have a great week. Next week, we'll be back here with Charlie Mitchell, author of Hack, the inside story of America's struggle to secure cyberspace. Have a great week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.